Welcome to the Cross-Functional and Friendly Podcast. My name is Kristen Hayback, and I'm currently COO and President at Shogun. I'm here with Stella Garber and Nikita Miller to talk all things tech and startups, leadership, marketing, product, sales, and life. It's a lot. Stella? All right. Hello, everybody. My name is Stella Garber, and I am a serial entrepreneur and angel investor. Nikita, Kristen, and I met when we all worked together at Trello, where I led marketing. Today, we're very excited to be kicking off a series of conversations that are all about transitions, life transitions, career transitions, and everything in between. We're going to have some really amazing guests, including our guest tonight. Nikita, please tell us more. All right. Again, I'm Nikita Miller, head of product at The Knot Worldwide, and I am so excited for our guest today, who is a friend and mentor of mine, April Dunford. April and I met a few years ago at a conference in Cleveland, Ohio. I was a few (laughs) months pregnant at the time and quite nervous. And after my talk, which was not a very good talk, April came up to me, introduced herself, and we just proceeded to talk as if we'd known each other for years. And at the end of that talk, that conversation, we hugged each other And the rest is kind of history some years later now. So I am so excited for you to join us, April. Let's start with maybe a quick intro from you. Hey, yeah, sure. And your your talk was great. I thought your talk was great at that conference. But yeah, we were in Cleveland of all places. But it was a neat venue. But yeah, we were in Cleveland. So here's me. So my background is I was kind of a repeat vice president of marketing at a series of startups. Like I think I did seven. And part of the reason why there's so many is they all got acquired except for one, which is still going. And so, you know, eventually, and I did that for 25 years and uh, about five, six years ago, I made the transition to consulting. And so now what I do is I work with tech companies. What I do is really, really niche So I'm specifically focused on positioning work. I only work with tech companies. Most of the companies I work with are growth stage tech companies, although I do do some work with bigger companies with weird positioning problems. They're all B2B. I don't tend to do consumer stuff. And and even more specifically, they tend to be kind of enterprise-y or at least there's a salesperson involved in the motion. So I've been doing that now for five, six years and it's awesome. And that's all I'm going to do until I decide to not do anything else in my life. That's how it's going to work. <laughs> Let's maybe start with the first 25 years before you made the the big leap to consulting. Sure. Can you maybe share a little bit of how you got into, we're calling it product marketing, yeah. and that product marketing has kind of evolved. Maybe chat a little bit about how you've seen the industry change. Yeah. Well, you know, nobody, nobody goes to school for product marketing. So everybody's got a weird path to getting there. So for me personally, I studied systems design engineering in, in university. And then when I came out, I wasn't exactly sure what I wanted to do, but I ended up getting a job at a startup as a product marketer. And the reason I got that job was the requirements for the job were one, they had a real techie product. It was a database and we were selling it to database people. So you had to be techie and specifically you had to be able to write an SQL query. (laughs) And so usually, you know, should know SQL, but also the job involved speaking at conferences and doing a lot of customer facing stuff. So the idea was you should be able to write an SQL query, but also not be afraid of public speaking. And so I ticked both of those boxes and my friend worked at the startup and she had the in and and got me the interview and then I got the job in there. 
and so there I am, I'm product marketer. And what happened there was I worked on a product that was like a failure, a product that wasn't selling anything. <laughs> and we got this genius idea and it wasn't just me. It was like a team effort, got this genius idea to reposition it in another market. And we repositioned it and the thing took off and it was great success. We got acquired for a whole bunch of money. Everybody was happy. So we all landed at the big company in Silicon Valley. And then what happened was my boss quit shortly after. And I was like standing around right place, right time. And they made me VP marketing, even though I'm an idiot and I can't even spell marketing. <laughs> and so I'm like, oh man, I'm going to have to learn some about marketing because I literally know nothing. And so I embarked on this kind of frantic, take a lot of courses, read a lot of books, lean. I was really lucky in that I had some very senior people on my team that didn't hate me and, and helped me survive that first one. But that ended up going really good. And so after that, I kind of decided VP marketing, this is my jam. This is what I do. <laughs> and so, so I left there and went to another startup because I thought startups were more fun than the big company. And then, you know, came in, fixed marketing, built a team, and then we got acquired. And then I was stuck at the big company for a couple of years. You know, that's how it works. After you get acquired, you're stuck there doing your earnout. And then, you know, and then after that, I bounced out back to a little company. And I did that little company, big company, little company, big company for 25 years, rinse and repeat. How are you? How, when you were in that transition moment, little company, big company, what maybe pick one? What was kind of fueling that decision to go from big to small? Well, so there were a few things. Like at one point, you know, early in my marketing journey, I really thought my goal was to be VP marketing at a Fortune 500 company. That's what I really thought I wanted to do. Yeah. And so I had worked at the little company. We got acquired by the big company. I was doing the VP marketing job. But when I say big company, I mean, they were 8,000 employees. It was not exactly Fortune 500, right? So, so I was like, okay, well, this isn't, you know, what I need is a path to get to this big thing. So I tried to interview at a bunch of companies and no one would hire me at the big, big company because I was brand new in marketing and clearly did not deserve a VP title, even though I had one. <laughs> so big companies wouldn't hire me. So I thought, okay, I'm going to have to go back to the little company, get some more experience, and then we'll see how that goes. And so I went back to the little company just because I didn't have any other choice. <laughs> no one else mm. was going to hire me. Yeah. So, so I went back to the little company, did that. And then we got acquired and, and I landed at IBM. And so I spent a good chunk of time at IBM thinking this is, this was my path. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to hunker down and do an awesome job here and be VP marketing at IBM. And I learned so much working there. Like I, I don't regret my time there at all, but I was pretty much miserable <laughs> the whole time I was there. And the reason I was miserable was because the job of a senior executive at a company that big is very, very internal facing. Like mm -hmm. my job is to get budget for my team. My job is to like, yeah. you know, work the matrix. We used to call this at IBM. It's a matrix yeah. organization. So nobody reports to you, but you have to influence them. And so I spend all day working the matrix to make sure my team can do what they need to do. 
like like I hardly ever had a conversation about a customer. Like it was it was all about yeah. what's my budget, what's my headcount, you know, are all the do all the executives like me and going to support me on this thing otherwise I can't do it. And the people that had been at IBM for 15, 20 years, they were running circles around me like I'm an yeah. idiot, right? <laughs> and so I, so there was this skill set that I think I like first of all I lacked and I lacked the the motivation to get really good at it. <laughs> and so I learned some things and I don't regret learning those things about how to manage up and manage sideways, but but when I was in there what I realized was, you know, like this is pretty good and there's a lot of stuff I like about it, but man, this is not my jam yeah. like like there are people that are so much better at work in the matrix than me, and I'm never going to catch up to them. <laughs> and by then I had, you know, I'd gotten a couple of promotions. I was fairly senior. I wasn't a VP, but, you know, close enough. And I kind of decided, you know, I'm close enough here. I can kind of tick this one off the box. If I had hung around another four years, they probably would have made me VC, VP just to get me out of their hair. <laughs> but I sort of ticked that one off at that point. And I was like, okay, yep, yeah, you know, been there, done that. But really my jam is more on these smaller companies where things are a lot more chaotic. We're kind of building the plane as we're flying. Yeah. And and there isn't quite as much of this, you know, six degrees of separation Jenga puzzle thing I gotta figure out with all the corporate politics, essentially. Yeah. So that so that's and so then after that I was really focused on the startups. I kept getting thrown back into the big ones because like literally I decided to leave IBM. Literally I decided, okay, that's it. I'm leaving IBM. I've been here five, six years, I'm gonna leave. I go to a startup, you know what happens? Six months later acquired by IBM. It's like that movie, like the minute I'm out, they pull me back in, you know, and like, I quit. Everybody yeah. was all bummed out. They're like, what? Don't you want to, you know, we're going to give you the golden handcuffs and all this stuff. And I'm like, no, I'm done. not doing it. Been there. Got the yeah. you know, t-shirt, not going back. So yeah. So after that, I was really focused on just the little companies and, you know, and then after acquisition, I was just trying to get out of there as fast as I yeah. could. We've talked about that a little bit as we're, you know, we've been figuring out our transitions or, you know, others in our networks, just like, how do you, how do you know at what point you are? Because sometimes in your life, you, you are at the big company, right? There's more stability in a lot yeah. of ways. It's predictable. The startup life is a lot more chaotic. It's higher risk, but more opportunity. Yeah. I know at some point we talked about, you took some time off, I think when your kids were little. Can yeah. you chat a little bit about kind of where and when that was and how you Oh yeah. So, so there was a period where my kids were little and I decided I can't I just can't travel all the time. Like I don't mind working hours and you know, we talked earlier about doing the night shift when the kids are in bed. And you know, I had no problem working a long day, but but I didn't want to be on the road all the time. And that really influenced my career choices for about 10 years, I would say. And, and these were not, this was not a great 10 years in my career history. And in fact, one of those jobs I refer to as the trough, like I got the job and it was so bad. Like it was so bad. And every day I went to work and I was like, man, if someone had told me when I got started, this is where it all ends up. I just would have <laughs> done something different, gone to med school or something. That was, And it was really bad. So there was a bunch of years where 
you know, I got offered amazing jobs and I just had to say no because there was the, the travel requirement was going to be too much. And, you know, and I wanted to raise my kids. Like I want to be around my kids and not be, you know, one of these people that's just on yeah. the plane all the time and never see their own kids. Yeah. And so that, that went on for, yeah, good solid 10 years where, you know, I took, you know, it was a major consideration in the jobs I took because I just couldn't be on the road all the time. And a lot of these startups, you know, there's a lot of commitment to be on the road. Yeah. And then gradually, you know, your kids turn into teen. My kids are teenagers. They're just about finished high school now. And so in the last few years, you know, they're teenagers. They kind of got their own stuff going on. You still don't want to be traveling all the time, but you can travel quite yeah. a bit and they're kind of happy you're not there all the time. Can I, can we dig into that, like that 10 yeah. year period for a little bit, especially yeah. for us and lots of other really ambitious people, right? Yeah. Who are super ambitious. That that was probably hard. Can you just share a little bit about oh. what that was actually like? It was so hard. Like people came and offered me like the juiciest job, like just the juiciest, juiciest jobs. Like at one point I got offered the CMO job of a very big MarTech company, which two, late, two years later got acquired and everybody made crap piles of money and it, it would have been so fun to do the whole thing to get them acquired well they went public and then they got and then they got acquired like within a three-year span like it would have been so good to do the thing the people were great everything was great but it was like one you got to relocate and then two you're going to be on the road and i couldn't do either of those things <laughs> and they were and that was non-negotiable uh, it, you know, right. like I just, and, and man, I was so bummed about it. And instead I ended up taking this job at a really troubled company that, you know, where the executive team was very dysfunctional. It, it was, it was going to be a Herculean effort to squeeze any growth out of this thing. This is a trough job. <laughs> it was just terrible. Like it was just terrible. And, 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 it, you know, it, if I wasn't like I had kids when I was a bit older and if I had been younger, I think I would have just quit. Like, mm -hmm. I think I would have said, there's no point in me going to this job every day. I'm totally miserable. I'm doing terrible work with a terrible company with terrible people. Why am I doing <laughs> yes. this every day instead of being home with my kids who I love, you know? Yeah. But I was, you know, I was almost 40 when I had the second one and it was kind of like, I've been doing this for 20 years, man. I can't abandon this career now. Hmm. And so I just kind of heads down and did it. And, 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 and it just, and it felt like eternity. It was like 10 years. So like, I remember my friend coming to have lunch with me at, at this trough job. And I was like, this is it. This is the pinnacle of my career. I'm 45. And this morning we had a great big conversation about plus or minus where we going to invest a hundred bucks on some, I'm like, <laughs> oh and I'm like, this is the worst. I went into a meeting that devolved, like it was between the, the two senior executives and I sat there and all they did was tell each other to F off. You'll have to bleep that out later. <laughs> you know, I'm in the room going, this, this is what I do now. This is what I do. I just watch this totally. Yeah. But, but I, I also believe that there's no such thing as, bad experiences after you've done them, right? Like while you're going through them, they're terrible. 
But after you're done, like you, you end up, you learn all this stuff about how to manage a totally dysfunctional team and how to, you know, how to manage like a bunch of stuff that I kind of wish I didn't have to learn it. But later when things got better, like I didn't regret doing those jobs. And I was really glad that I'd put my head down and just Hmm. powered through it. But it was, but it was a, it, it, you know, it was a long period of everything. And then, and then of course you're taking these crappy jobs because no one can meet your requirements of like, no, not too much travel and whatever. And so the, what you're feeling is, oh, you know, 10 years ago I was hot stuff and now I'm not hot stuff anymore. And, you know, the headhunters aren't calling me for that cool job they were calling Mm. me about five years ago and you get all bummed out. But the reality was, you know, when I did, when I was free to take a kind of a hot job after my kids got a little bit older and they're in school and they're starting to have their own day and whatever. And I got this kind of a hot job where that wasn't total travel. There was just a manageable amount of travel and, and then, and you're instantly hot again. Like yeah. you don't actually, well, that's, it. that's, that. I, I wanted to get to that. It's true. Like, <laughs> you are, did, you come right? back and then everyone's like, Whoa, where you been? I'm like, no place, <laughs> no place worth talking about. Let me tell you. But then you're back and then everybody's like, whoa, you're hot stuff all over again. And you're like, hey, that was easy. I'm curious, April, <laughs> knowing knowing what you know now, would you make those same choices that you made? Yeah, I think so. Like, I think there was just no other way through it. I think there was just no other way through it. Yeah. The other thing was that it, it corresponded with a really bad stretch in the economy hmm. where there wasn't a lot of VC investment at that point. Consumer startups were really hot and I was B2B. And so nobody was investing in B2B. And it was a, it was a dry set of years, man. It was bad. And so I don't even know, like sometimes I look back at it, like I did say no to a couple of hot jobs, but sometimes I look back at it and I'm like, you know, it was a, it was a bad time for a lot of reasons and just not just because I was trying to step back with kids. It was bad for a lot of reasons, but the good thing was, is, uh, you know, I, I powered out of that thing. And then when I did get back to doing some stuff that was cool, like it was just like, I picked right up where I left off and I actually don't even feel like I lost time. Like I just carried on after that. Like, and I didn't think that was possible. I thought I'd stepped off that, you know, path to the moon thing. I feel like and it actually wasn't like that. Now that might just be because it's startups and there's always yeah. a dearth of people that know what they're doing in marketing and you show up. And even if you're coming from the world's crappiest <laughs> company, you know, you look okay. <laughs> You'll at least get the interview. The so audience can't see, good. but Stella's there like shaking her head and clapping. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Not much has changed. I can tell you that much. Yeah, it's just really hard. There's not many people with a lot of experience. There's not many people that have done, you know, and especially if you're kind of specialized, like my specialization was really B2B, complex sales. So you've got a sales force, demand generation that goes with that. I had done a lot of positioning work and repositioning. So if you had something where you suspected the positioning was kind of bad, I could come in and talk intelligently about how we were going to fix it. And then I'd done a lot of like influencer stuff that you would only do if you're doing big ticket B2B stuff. So a lot of analyst relations and stuff like that. So I came in with a pretty specialized set of skills. And yeah, once I once my kids got a little bit older and whatever, and I could get back at it, I just 
picked right up and away we went. Yeah, I think it's kind of cool to hear the, I don't think we often hear that actually it was just really hard and it kind of sucked. And yeah. <laughs> sometimes you just got to do it. I think we often just hear the, maybe the more glamorous side of it. Yeah, so no kind kidding. Of like, nice and, and hear that. that's how I tell the story normally, right? I was yeah. like, I did this. I did, like, like the way I told it the first time, right? The little company, then we got acquired, yeah. then I left and I did that seven times. Okay, let's move on. But what I don't say is there were two in the middle that were terrible. Like right. just terrible, like terrible companies, terrible people, terrible job, terrible everything. Every single day going to work going, oh, why? Why do I do <laughs> And so when you get to that, like, can you talk to us about the comeback moment? Because we know you had a comeback moment. I don't know exactly when it was, but yeah, like talk about a- being hot still, all that. You're an author, all of these things coming together with a thriving business. Like, well, I'll, t- that I'll tell you, like, there's there. I feel like I've had a couple so one was, you know, I got a senior exec job at kind of a hot company at the time. And that was really fun. And people were fighting over me. And we did cool work when I was there. And it didn't actually last all that long. And and I had a bit of a falling out with the CEO at the end, unfortunately. But while we were working together, it was great. It just didn't end so good. And, and so that was one comeback moment. And when I came out of that, everybody wanted to hire me. Like everybody wanted to hire me. So I was getting calls from everybody. But at that point, I had this realization that maybe I'm done with the VP marketing job. And I had I had taken a few really, really like half-hearted attempts at consulting, which was really more like I'm in between jobs. I'm interviewing for lots of companies. I'm not falling in love with any of them. And what I do instead is I take a little project with like three of them and I call this consulting. But what I'm really doing is like a long interview process. (laughs) And then one of them, I decide I like them and then I go work there. But after I came out of the last one, I was like, I might actually be ready to just do consulting at this point. And, and, And that was a real transition because... I wasn't sure that I could actually like, like if there was a hot stuff moment for me in consulting, or if this wasn't just a long, slow wind down to retirement, (laughs) you know, because I'm getting old at this point. And so I'm like, I'm like, I think I want to do something different. I've kind of done the VP marketing thing like seven times. Maybe I want to do something different. And then, and then I made this switch to consulting and it, it, the first couple of years were kind of not awesome because I was trying to figure out, you know, what's an offering? How do I position myself? What's my actual offering? What kind of companies are good companies to work with? And I kind of thrashed around on it for two years. But then when I finally figured it out, oh man, it's been so good. (laughs) Like it, it actually, like this phase of my career really feels like I am like I feel like this is Renaissance April. Like this is actually the work that I was always meant to do, but I couldn't get here until I had enough age and experience and everything else to actually make it work. But now it's awesome and I hope to never do anything else. Like this is like this is actually I am doing my best work ever right now doing the thing that I'm doing now. I don't know if that's a comeback or not, but it's you know, I do feel like it's like it's a little bit of the April Renaissance. Yeah. I mean, that's, well, I'm, I see, I see your face, Kristen. I'm wondering what you're thinking. No, I just think, I think it's awesome. I mean, I think it's, it's really, 
I think it's really inspiring. I think for, for me, like right now where I'm at too, it's, it's one of those things where I, we started the podcast and one of the first questions the team was like, well, you've done, you're a CRO now. And so like, what's next for you? And I was like, I don't know. Cause I always thought that was the thing. And so right. now I'm kind of there and I'm like, I don't know what the thing is. And right. so it's, it's like really refreshing to hear you be like, it wasn't the thing I thought it was going to be, but this other yeah. thing looks so much better. And this is the thing that I maybe always should have been. And so it's just very inspiring. But it's yeah, awesome. Like, I, like and you know, at the beginning, I thought my thing was, VP marketing, Fortune 100, Fortune 500 company. And then I kind of got there and I was like, okay, no. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to run marketing at startups. That's going to be my thing. But, you know, then you do it for 15 years right. or so and you're like, okay, well, I've kind of done that now and I'm too young to retire. But, you know, but at the same time, it's like I'm a little bit been there, done that now. So what else is there? And so I explored all the other avenues. Like if you're senior in tech and you're a dude, you just go to VC. That's what you right. do. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. And so I had a bunch of conversations with VCs, but I'm the wrong gender, man. Like every time <laughs> I talked to them, we had this conversation and it was like a room full of dudes, except for, you know, the admin is always a woman. And so, and, you know, and so I had a bunch of conversations, but I, I, you know, one, I was kind of like, is this the environment I want to work in for the next however many years? I'm not so sure. And two, like, I just couldn't get anybody to even take me even remotely seriously. Whereas, you know, I am perfectly, if I had the identical qualifications, but I was a dude, I think that's might've been where I'd end up for a little bit, at least to see if I liked it. But so I had all these conversations with VC. So I was like, okay, I'm going to strike that one off. And then I thought maybe I just want to run a software company as the CEO. And so I, it's a long story, but I acquired a software company. Me and it's sort of a long story, but me and a guy, he had actually been the original founder and sold it off. And then, and then me and him got this bright idea that we would go and buy it back from the person he sold it to. It was a little wee business, right? So so we bought it back and then we ran that as co-CEOs for a year or so. And then we, and then we sold it. And so that was fun, but I was kind of like, nah, I don't think that's my thing. And I was getting calls for CEO jobs at that point, but a lot of the CEO jobs, you know, in startups, if it's a CEO job, what it really means is We've ousted the founder yeah, because the thing is messed up be almost beyond repair. And what we need is a fix it person to come in. And so I didn't think CEO, you know, being the fix it CEO didn't seem like an awesome fit for me. So, so I interviewed for a bunch of these and talked to a bunch of companies. And then I was kind of like, no, that's not my thing. And then I, you know, I actually sat, I actually had a vacation and I sat down on the beach and I was kind of like, what do I want? You know, like, is this, you know, third phase of my career? What do I want? You know, what would be good work? And I drew this Venn diagram with like three circles and one circle was best work of my life. Like, like I want to do the best work of my life. I, you know, I'm so smart. I've done all this stuff. I have this giant storage of, you know, smarts. What could I do that would actually untap best work of my life? And so I had that circle. And then I had another circle, which was 
really good people. Like all the jobs I had that I really enjoyed, I was working with really smart people. And and the jobs that I didn't like so much, there was all this conflict and yelling and throwing things and stuff. And I was like, I don't want to work with any of those people anymore. So I drew this circle that was like good people. So I wanted to have the flexibility to be able to be really picky about who I work with. And then the last circle I drew was fair money. And, and this was mainly because in my career in startups, because I was mainly working with early stage startups, I saw a lot of shenanigans when it came to my compensation. So most of the time I was being paid a salary that was way below market rates on the promise of the upside on my options. And even though I had been through six acquisitions, I never got anywhere near the promised value of that option exit. And because every single time there was some special shenanigans happened. And so I had felt like up until now, I, had, I it's not that I wasn't making good money. I was making good money. It just didn't quite feel fair. Like I was always, you know, the, the number on the paper never matched what I got. So I had this third circle was like, I'm going to be out there doing the best work of my life here. I don't need to make giant money, but I need to make fair money. I need to make money. I need to make what I'm worth on this one. And that kind of led me down the path of consulting. Because I felt like, you know, if, if I, as a consultant, I could really focus in on my zone of genius, which, which I decided was positioning work. I'd done so much of that. I had a methodology. Nobody else seemed to have one. I thought this is, this is you know, my, my genius zone here is to do this positioning work. If I do consulting, I can be really picky about who I work with and who I don't. So I can say no to clients if I think they're kind of jerks. And then, you know, I can... I can charge what I'm worth because, you know, if people don't want to pay it, they, they don't have to hire me. <laughs> That's kind of how it works. And if I'm doing the best work of my career, then it's, then it's worth big money. And so that's kind of where I ended up. I love that. That's awesome. I think that's really, I think that's really inspiring. <laughs> me too. That's, yeah. that's, that's the same word. I think you just converted three people to. I know. <laughs> like, well, then here's the other thing is like, I didn't think, I also didn't think it was going to be this good. Like at the beginning, when I started consulting, I was like, oh man, it's really hard to keep a pipeline full of new customers coming in. And I had to kind of figure that out. And then it was like, you know, I'm working with startups and they're, they're kind of notoriously cheap when it comes to hiring consultants. So, you know, it felt like there was a real limit on what I could charge and it wasn't very much. And so the first couple of years felt really like, you know, I could make this thing work, but it's, it's not going to be super optimal. And then I don't know. And then it just unlocked, like, you know, part of it was me getting really tight on here's what we're going to do. Like, this is what an engagement looks like. Here's the beginning, middle, and the end of it. Here's what I can promise to you that we could do. The other thing was I got super serious about qualification. Like if I didn't think we could smash it, I wasn't going to work with you. So so at one point I was getting all kinds of calls and saying no to everybody because I was like, okay, you're not B2B and you don't have a sales team or you don't have this. And so I got really strict about we're only going to work together if I feel like we're really going to smash this thing. And then once you start doing that, then you unlock being able to charge decent rates for it because you've done a bunch of these now and you smashed it and everyone's super happy and the words going around like, you know, this is, it's expensive, but it's worth it. And that's where I'm at now. And so, 
Yeah, it's and it's way better than I thought. When I started this consulting business, I did not think it would be this cool in terms of, you know, the caliber of company that I'm working with is really high. Everybody's amazing. The work we're doing is super interesting. I feel like I'm doing the best work of my career and I'm making better money than I ever made ever. So it's like all the things. And it's like, here's me. I'm 55 years old. Like, I, like I'm at the end. I hope it's not the end. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's like man. Like, honestly, like, you know, this, this doesn't go on forever, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I love this idea of, of kind of these phases, right? And I think we're, some of us are, I'm, you know, in these transitions where, yeah, when you do something after 10 or 15 years, you do, you do wonder like, okay, is, is this it? What does it mean to move up? What does it mean to transition in another direction? So I think it's awesome to hear that, that there are these opportunities and also that you can change your mind, yeah. I think is really great. And then I also, I want to hear a little bit more about this, this at the point where you actually recognize what your experience, your knowledge, your value is worth financially. Like, I think that's a really interesting topic. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Well, so I tell you, I had the advantage on this in that I had spent my whole life working in enterprise software. And so in enterprise software, the, the whole game is I want to do as few deals as possible for the for the most money I can charge. <laughs> right? like, so this isn't a numbers volume game. This is a, I, I don't want to do tons and tons of consulting engagements for a little bit of money. I want to do a handful of engagements for more money. And so at the beginning, you know, I wasn't, again, I don't think I did a good job qualifying companies. I, you know, I was a little mushy on what my offering was. So that took me a couple of years to get really tight on it. But, but what I did, what I did manage to get to after a couple of years is, you know, if you tick this set of boxes for me, like your B2B, you, I determine that you have a positioning problem and I feel like I can solve that. You have a sales force, you know, you're past the very, very early stages. So, you know, you're out in market, you have happy customers, whatever. If you tick off my set of boxes, we're going to do a really good thing together. Like, and I feel perfectly confident about that. At the beginning, I didn't, right? It was like, well, I hope we're going to do something good. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. But after a couple of years of doing, I, you know, in that couple of years, I maybe did 50 engagements. In that couple of years, you know, after you've got a whole bunch of these engagements, you can see the patterns in yeah. when they work and when they don't. So suddenly, so the, the change is really my confidence level in being able to look across at a CEO and say, you know, this is what we're going to get done. And I charge this much for it because it's frankly worth more. I could charge more if I wanted to, but it's at least worth that. And I don't get too much pushback on the price, even though it's way higher now than it was six years ago, <laughs> but I don't get too much pushback on the price unless the company's really, really small and they don't have funding and they're just, you know, broken general. But the growth stage companies, you know, they're coming to me because I have a very specialized skill and they've already attempted to solve it themselves. And they know the pain of not having this solved. And so it's worth, you know, throwing some cash at getting the world expert in this particular niche little thing to come in and we're just going to smash it. 
Yeah, you really need to find your ICP, which allows you to <laughs> charge yeah. right in that premium. I mean, it's, you basically, I mean, it's consulting, but it, you you build a startup, right? You felt you spent the first yeah. couple of years feeling out who your audience was, your messaging was, your price point was, and then you've got your ICP and your price point and everything yeah. in line with it. So it really is. But a, pricing, but the pricing is a lot about confidence. Like, oh, yeah. like and, you know, it took me a while to be able to feel like, yeah. Okay, I can qualify you. And if you meet my qualifications, we're going to do a great bit of work here. Like, yeah. And I feel very confident about that. Therefore, it's worth this much. But at the beginning, yeah. it was a bit like, well, no, I mean, it's going to be good. I hope so. I see that to new, new sales reps all the time, right? If you go in and you're acting like what you're asking for is too expensive, they're going to feel yeah. that hesitation. So you you feeling the confidence to ask for yeah. it and say The other it. thing that helps too is if you've got a big pipeline of opportunities. So you're not feeling like every deal is you got to close every deal. Like, like you should hear me in qualification calls. Like I'm trying to talk people out of it. Like, I feel like that my best clients are folks that have really wrestled with their positioning already. So folks come in and I'm trying to talk them out of it. I'm a bit like, why don't you just do it yourself? Like you could do it yourself. Like what, you know, have you tried it yourself? Like, you know, did you really try? Did you try again? <laughs> like I got a book, it costs seven bucks. You can use my methodology and do it yourselves internally. And, I, and that's basically free. Like you'd be crazy to not try that. So like, uh, so I'm kind of trying to unsell people. And the ones that make it through that are the ones that are, you know, they're perfect for me, right? They've done it. They get the value of it. They've messed around with it a bunch. They're stuck on something that bringing in an outside person is actually going to help them unstuck, get unstuck and we know it. Yeah, at the beginning, I wasn't smart enough to be able to do that qualification well. Right. And it does take, like, it takes years, years of experience and building it up, does. right? Okay. I think we could keep talking for a while, but we have our one final question, which Ooh. is if you were, if you had a piece of advice, what advice would you give your 20 year old self? Yeah. My 20 year old self, you know, I think I probably, you know, I wish that I had worried less about the end goal. Like I actually, you know, seeing where I ended up, right, which was a lot of, you know, moving around. I thought the goal was this, then I thought the goal was this, and now I'm doing this completely other thing, which turns out is my perfect work. Who knew? <laughs> and I wish I had worried less about the goal. Like, it seemed very important to me that I be every job I'm taking a step towards this goal. And so when I got in this patch in the middle where I had to kind of step off that path, I was super bummed out about it because I felt like, well, that's it. You know, I had, you know, I've, I've given up on the goal, I'm not doing the thing. Now I'm doing this other thing and I'm just, you know, everything sucks. And, and I think it would have been better for me to just kind of be like, you know, this is a phase, man. And then when this phase is over, the world is still your oyster and, and you can do anything you want. There's a thousand different paths out of this. And it, maybe it's not the path you thought it was, but that doesn't mean it isn't going to be great. So I wish I was less stressed out about, you know, my like striver goals. Cause I was really like the queen of striver goals. You know, my, my 20 year old self was. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I think that's but great. If I was my 20-year-old self, I'd tell I'd tell Granny to shut up. <laughs>
<laughs> be like, you don't know what you're talking about, old lady. I got a very set list of things I gotta accomplish. There's a schedule to keep. Right. <laughs> well, you know, youth is wasted on the young, isn't it? Amen. <laughs> well, that was awesome. Thank you so much for joining us, April. I think, like Nikita said, we're we're just gonna make you come and talk to us. We won't even record it, and <laughs> we just still get all of your advice from now on. But it was sure. really amazing to learn so much from you. So this has been the Cross Functional and Friendly Podcast. Listen to our other episodes at crossfunctionalpodcast.com. Join us on Twitter at xfunctionalpod. And we'll see you next time when we continue our conversations on transitions. You'll definitely want to join to hear some exciting updates. Thanks, everybody.